Judges chapter 5. Now we're about to read the song of Deborah in the last chapter. Deborah, who's the judge, and Barak, the general of the army, they had a great victory over Jabin, king of Hatsor, and his general Sisera. And now this chapter, the whole chapter, is a song. The song of Deborah. Then Deborah and Barak, the son of Abinoam, sang on that day, saying, Because the leaders took the lead in Israel, because the people offered themselves willingly, be blessed, Yahweh. Hear you kings, give ear you princes, I, even I, will sing to Yahweh. I will sing praise to Yahweh, the God of Israel. Yahweh, when you went out of Seir, when you marched out of the field of Edom, the earth trembled. The sky also dropped. Yes, the clouds dropped water. The mountains quaked at Yahweh's presence, even Sinai at the presence of Yahweh, the God of Israel. In the days of Shamgar, the son of Anath, in the days of Jael, the highways were unoccupied. The travelers walked through byways. The rulers ceased in Israel. They ceased until I, Deborah, arose. Until I arose, a mother in Israel. They chose new gods. Then war was in the gates. Was there a shield or spear seen among 40,000 in Israel? My heart is toward the governors of Israel, who offered themselves willingly among the people. Bless Yahweh. Speak, you who ride on white donkeys, you who sit on rich carpets, and you who walk by the way, far from the noise of archers, in the places of drawing water. There they will rehearse Yahweh's righteous acts the righteous acts of his rule in Israel. Then Yahweh's people went down to the gates. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake, utter a song. Arise, Barak, and lead away your captives, you son of Abinoam. Then a remnant of the nobles and the people came down. Yahweh came down for me against the mighty. Those whose root is in Amalek came out of Ephraim. After you, Benjamin, among your people, Governors came down out of Machir. Those who handled the martial staff came out of Zebulun. The princes of Issachar were with Deborah. As was Issachar, so was Barak. They rushed into the valley by his feet. By the watercourses of Reuben, there were great resolves of heart. Why did you sit among the sheepfolds to hear the whistling of the flocks? There were great searchings of heart. Gilead lived beyond the Jordan. Why did Dan remain in the ships? Asher sat still at the haven of the sea and lived by his creeks. Zebulun was a people that jeopardized their lives to death. Naphtali also on the high places of the field. The kings came and fought. Then the kings of Canaan fought at Tanakh by the waters of Megiddo. They took no plunder of silver. From the sky the stars fought. From their courses they fought against Sisera. The river Kishon swept them away. The ancient river, the river Kishon. My soul, march on with strength. Then the horses' hoofs stamped because of the prancing, the prancing of their strong ones. Curse Miroz, says Yahweh's angel. Curse bitterly its inhabitants, because they didn't come to help Yahweh, to help Yahweh against the mighty. Jael be blessed among women, the wife of Heber the Kenite, Blessed shall be above women in the tent. He asked for water. She gave him milk. She brought him butter in a lordly dish. She put her hand to the tent peg and her right hand to the workman's hammer. With the hammer she struck Sisera. 
she struck through his head. Yes, she pierced and struck through his temples. At her feet he bowed. He fell, he lay. At her feet he bowed, he fell. Where he bowed, there he fell down, dead. Through the window, she looked out and cried. Sisera's mother looked through the lattice. Why is his chariot so long in coming? Why do the wheels of his chariot wait? Her wise ladies answered her. Yes, she returned answer to herself. Have they not found? Have they not divided the plunder? A lady, two ladies for every man. To Sisera, a plunder of dyed garments. A plunder of dyed garments embroidered of dyed garments, embroidered on both sides, on the necks of the plunder. So let all your enemies perish, Yahweh, but let those who love him be as the sun when it arises in strength. And then the land had rest 40 years. It's an interesting song, and um, it's probably a bit hard to follow when it's being read out because it's the type of thing you probably need to read a little slower and pay attention to some of the parts. For example, it says that the people participated willingly in the battle, but then it went on to question why didn't Reuben participate? Why didn't Dan participate? Why didn't Asher participate? It said that Dan was, was in his ships, that Asher was at the coast. It says that Reuben, you know, questioned his heart. But then it says that Zebulun and Naphtali risked their lives in battle. So part of the song is looking at the different tribes of Israel and asking them, questioning their motives. Why were you involved? Why weren't you involved? We can learn a lesson from that as far as the body of Christ goes. Because sometimes the Lord has a, little, has a battle and sometimes we get involved, but sometimes we don't. Sometimes we do what Dan and Asher did and we just want to stay home and be comfortable. We still do that type of thing today. In, uh, in the second half of the song, it talks about the river Kishon swept them away. And you'll remember in the last chapter, I was telling you how the, the clouds opened and down came the rain and, and that the river flash flooded. That's what we learned from Josephus. And all those iron chariots got stuck in the mud. Here in Deborah's song, she mentions this. She mentions that the river Kishon swept them away. So there you go, flash flooding. <laughs> well, the Lord, he chose the site of that battle. He, he told Barak where to go and set up for battle, and that's where the enemy came. The Lord, he's so smart. He knows what he's going to do. And so this is the difference between when the Lord's fighting for you and when he's not with you at all. And of course, worst of all, is if he's fighting against you, there's nothing you can do. But when the Lord is with you, things happen. Now, you still have to fight. Like, Barak had to still go to that place. He still had to wait. He still had to engage the enemy. But the process of doing it was successful. Uh, but if the Lord's not with you, a lot of times it's not successful. And um, so the Lord opened the heavens and all those iron chariots, you know, which were considered superior military technology, it, it ended up being a disadvantage to have them instead of an advantage. I remember um, reading a book years ago called Hand on the Helm. You might still be able to get it. It was full of the most amazing answers to prayer. And one of them was the Dunkirk evacuation in World War II. And some of you might know a little bit of your World War II history, but the, the Germans were advancing through Europe so fast. They had the, this method of attack called Blitzkrieg where they would basically 
I don't, they moved across the ground really quick and they caught the enemy in a pincer movement, like coming from two sides. And they got them trapped and they pushed the Allies back and back and back. And in the end, in the end I think there was more than 150,000 soldiers, English and others, trapped on the beaches of France. And the Germans had pushed all the way to the beaches and they could have right then in that moment killed them all. Would have been a terrible moment. The world, world history would be completely different if they had. But it was in that moment that you've got Christians praying. And in particular, um, Reese Howell and the Bible College of Wales, they poured prayer into World War II day after day. And you can read the book called Reese Howell's Intercessor, which, out, which outlines it, most amazing answers to prayer. But um, what happened here was that the bad weather. <laughs> the, the, you know, the Germans, they would have come in with their planes and they would have just shot and bombed all that, those 150,000 soldiers. But bad weather, it meant that for just two to three days, they couldn't get in and do the things they wanted to do. They couldn't fly their planes. And during those two to three days, boats <laughs> came from England and just evacuated. And there's a movie called Dunkirk, and it, it will give you the human side of what happened. It won't show you the God side of what happened. And this is how it is. When God is with you, he's fighting for you, and he causes stuff to happen, just like here. Uh, in this battle at Mount Tabor, the storm came and the heavens opened and the flash flood happened and the enemy got trapped and his iron chariots couldn't roll. It would have just seemed like bad luck to them, but <laughs> the Lord is with them. And so um, the Song of Deborah, I, I, want, I think you should go and read it. Read it slowly and think about uh, you know the difference between having the Lord with you and having him not with you. And then question, you know, what type of... You know the tribes of Israel, some fought willingly, some didn't go, some preferred to stay home and be comfortable. Which type of tribe are you? Which type of person are you? Someone that's willing to fight for the Lord and risk your life or someone that would prefer to stay home and be comfortable? But finally, the last verse in this chapter I want to mention is the last verse of the song that says this. So let all your enemies perish, Yahweh, but let those who love him be as the sun when it rises in its strength. So this is actually a prayer of mine. I pray that all, you know, basically, I pray that the Lord's enemies will be destroyed. Now, when I pray that prayer, I'm not thinking of people at all. You know, in this chapter, Deborah and Barak, they, they, when they thought of their enemies, they were thinking of real people. They were thinking of Jabin, king of Hatzor, and Sisera, the general of this army. When I think of God's enemies, I don't think of people. I think of, um, you know, things like false doctrines that, that hold God's people you know, away from the truth. Or I think of spiritual principalities and powers which lock people up. I think of things like competition in the body of Christ which causes churches to strive with one another instead of love one another. So I think of things like principalities and powers and things that are not true. And These are the things that I think are the Lord's enemies and they're also my enemy as well. I don't like those things. And so I pray, I regularly pray, Lord, destroy my enemies but I don't think I don't think people are my enemies I'm thinking of the things which lock people up those things are my enemies and you know the Bible tells us that that at one time we were the Lord's enemies but he came to save us <laughs> so it's a good thing that, that the Lord thinks differently about that too so when we look at people around us and sometimes there are people from other churches who are antagonistic towards us they look down on us sometimes there are people who are not saved and they're really mean they might even persecute you um, 
These people are not your enemies, even though they may be antagonistic. No, your enemies is the thing that drives that person. It's the spirit or it's the ideology, it's the way of life. Those things are your enemies. And so we can pray this, this prayer, this last verse of Judges chapter five, you can pray it with faith and believe to see the Lord at work in those around you. So, we, so that'll be our prayer right now. So Lord, we come before you as we've closed out Judges chapter five and we thank you for the great victory of Deborah and Barak over their enemy. And now we pray, Lord, that you would deliver us from our enemies. And we pray this last verse, Lord, let all your enemies perish. But Lord, let those of us who love you rise like the sun when it rises in strength. So Lord, lift us up, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.